0: That's how I imagine my life. That's how my life is inside me. Getting big? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's just little. (laughs) That's kind of how we imagine you (laughs) too. Little. It really works. Wow, Mm. it's an exciting time to be met together and to see that basketball is becoming merged with science. Science in everything. Living. But you know, science plays a big part. Science is a system of tools that can help you learn how to optimize systems, including shooting baskets. And my hypothesis is he's gonna find that an arch might go in better than straight across because, you know, higher probability. We'll see. We'll see. Won't we? Mm -hmm. It's pretty exciting, to say the least. Well, I have some important news for parents, so students, you can... You can plug your ears, or you can listen in if you want to hear parent talk for a minute. Parent talk, I like that. Hi, parents. Parent talk. Some of you have been suggesting, if you can suggest forcibly, some of you have been suggesting that we need a parent newsletter so that we can keep you better informed and abreast of Surprises and changes and things that are coming in Cellus. Mm-hmm. And so we have an announcement to make tonight, and that is that we now have a parent newsletter. And if you haven't checked it out, it's just gone live today, and you can find it. Uh, if you go look on the uh, acellusacademy.com website and you look at, you know, contact About Us, About Us, and go down to newsletter. You can get to it that way. You can go to cellusacademy.com/newsletter and find it that way. Okay. And uh, tomorrow or soon, you'll be able to go into your regular, sign into your account, and there'll be a little tab to get to it. But one way or another, it's a place where you can get information about things that are happening with Cellus. It's also a good place to make suggestions directly to us to help us decide how to do things and make improvements. Okay, kids, wake up. We're, we're back with the kids. Okay. I'm, okay I'm, awake. <laughs> I'm awake That's terrifying. <laughs> what have we awakened? Okay, the kid and me. So here's the deal. Uh, last week we, we launched a test balloon to, hydrogen balloon to see what you thought about having... Solar Eclipse Watch Party. Oh, we did. And uh, boy, have we got a lot of feedback from a lot of students and from parents. And so we have a plan. We have a plan? Yes. And and she doesn't know about it yet because, you know, she's not in on these kind of things. (laughs) But here's the plan. It turns out that the eclipse has a very narrow band where you can see it completely. And I wanna, I wanna take a minute and make sure we all know how the eclipse works. Okay. So this is Earth, this is the Moon, this is the Sun. The Sun is going to shine, light out, which of course it's very good at, shines in all directions. It's gonna hit the Moon, and if the Moon happens b- to be between the Earth and the Sun, the Moon could get in the way, and the Earth could be in the shadow. But the moon is quite a bit smaller than the Earth. And so the shadow from the bigger sun is going to only cover a small part of the Earth. And if you can imagine that as the, uh, the day of the eclipse progresses, that the moon will be moving, the sun will be moving as the Earth rotates. And so it makes a band, which is going to be under the shadow. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. All right, so I'd like to put up a slide that shows you where you can go to see the April 8th eclipse. And if you look, it's like a cross. The cross going to the left to California is the partial eclipse of last year. The other one going to the right is the April 8th eclipse, the one that we're really interested in. And this is very interestingly a full eclipse, an eclipse, and if we can look back here at the model for just a second, if the uh, moon is too far away from the Earth, you know, it goes around in a circle, but the circle isn't round; it's an ellipse. It's kind of like the shape of an egg, and so sometimes it's farther away from the Earth. When it's farther away it can't block as much as the sun. So in that case, we have an eclipse, but you can see a little ring of fire around the sun because the moon isn't big enough to block it. Other times, it comes closer to the earth because it's in its egg-shaped orbit, so it is closer, and it's enough to completely block out all of the sun. And so then you can see just the corona, which is the the wonderful cloud around the sun because all of the direct surface of the sun is blocked. That's kind of neat. You can really only see the complete blockage though if you're right in the middle of that path. As you start getting out from the center line, you start seeing the total blockage for a shorter period of time and a shorter period of time until you get out so far that you only see partial blockage of the sun. Let me show you this picture of the three phases of the eclipse. On the left is a partial eclipse. If you're out towards the outer edge of that band or even outside it, that's all you're gonna see. The moon is in the way of just part of the sun Hmm. and so you see that little uh, circle on the left, that's a partial eclipse. And if you watch it, you'll see the moon go across, uh, the shadow go across of the moon blocking out the sun. The annular eclipse is the one with the ring of fire. That was the one we had last year because the moon was in the part of its orbit where it was farther away, so it looked smaller. It couldn't block the whole sun. But this April, we have the big deal, the total eclipse. Look at that, there's no ring of fire because the moon is close enough to the earth, it's gonna completely block out all of the sun and so you will be able to see stars right in the middle of the day. Wow. And if you get, let's, let's look at that path going across the United States again. You see that band going up to the right. If you get right in the middle of that band, you're going to be able to see the complete eclipse. In some place, you're going to see it for over four minutes. As you get a little further out, you may see a complete eclipse, but only for two minutes or lesser amount, so you want to find a spot right in the middle of that band. Now the idea for an ideal watch party is to pick a place right in the middle of the band and to go where it's not going to be cloudy that day. <laughs> and, right and the idea is to get a spot that you think's pretty good and that's where you'll go, but then if the weather forecast starts to be cloudy, Mm -hmm. you can drive up or down away from the clouds and hopefully still be able to see an eclipse. It would be a neat thing. But now let's get back to our, our watch party because a lot of people are very interested in being part of this. And can we get the path again? You look at the path going across the United States and my goodness, part of that belt of where you can see the eclipse goes right across the very bottom We call it the boot hill of Missouri, Mm -hmm. but it goes all over the clear across the United States. And so there are many places that might be close to your home that would be good for a watch. And anybody can just go watch, but it's more fun if you do an official Acellus Academy watch. And so here is the conclusion we've come to, which was recommended by several of our parents, and that is that we arrange for watch parties, Celis Academy watch parties, all the way across that band. So you don't have to travel to the moon and back to get to the eclipse. You can go to the place very close to your home. If you're a long ways away, don't worry, we've got you covered because we're going to get all of the official Celis Academy watch parties to film it for us, oh, and so we'll share those with you. So you'll get to be there, even if it's through the magic of science I life, love it. Okay? I love it. But if you happen to be close, or you can arrange to, to actually do this, uh, then go to the closest watch party. Now, you students that would like to set up a watch party close to your home, I am hereby officially inviting you to do that. Anybody that wants to can create an official Acellus watch party and you figure out where you're going to meet. And, you know, since a lot of people might be coming a little ways, it might just be a drive-in, watch-it-and-go-home thing. Or it might be drive-in, camp overnight, get up in the morning, figure out where the clouds are not, (laughs) and go watch it, okay? But um, each... Watch party is going to be an event initiated by one of you students and your parents. So if you decide, wow, we know a neat place. It's right in the middle of that band, and there's this great big campground. People can bring tents and sleep out in the... Anyway, if it's one of those, (laughs) well, then you can sponsor an Acellus Academy watch party. And what you do is you go on this brand-new parent site. Remember, you go about us, find parent newsletter, click on there. Down the bottom, there's a place for you to send us a message. So write up your message, and here's what you need to do. You need to tell us, uh, we know the date, April 8th, right? right? You need to tell us where your watch party is going to be held. You need to tell us the information about lodging, about camping, about Maybe you've rented out some big giant hotel and there's free rooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, or maybe there's affordable rooms. Whatever you work out, there. <laughs> you can put together the details on your watch party and then we'd like to have a uh, contact name and how to get a hold of you. And we're going to post that in our parent newsletter so that any parent in your geographic area can get a hold of you and see if you will invite them to come to your party. What do you think? And this counts for Salsa Academy alums, doesn't it? Because I know some are listening to you still on Science Live. This counts for even grandparents and, and greats, mm-hmm. great-grandparents. You know, It counts yeah. for friends, neighbors, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay? Dogs. <laughs> nice dogs. Do you know <laughs> she had a fight with her dog this morning? do you want to tell us about that yeah. i just really really got a kick out of this one yeah is this not a good time to go it's through a that time. it's a real <laughs> funny story sometime when she's on a trip all the end. <laughs> it's really funny okay anyway so i hope you understand that if you have questions send messages there But we will start making a a post of all of the watch parties that are available and you're certainly willing to uh, create one of your own and invite others. And I'll tell you, Acellus Academy has the most wonderful students and families. Mm, It'll be fun for you to get to meet each other. And that'll be just awesome. And this is kind of an opportunity to get to know the Acellus Academy students in your area. And by the Mm -hmm. way, If you happen to live in one of those states where we don't have any students, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It does not. We have one I I think you'll be kind of fascinated to learn that we just hit 62,000 Assaults Academy students. So there's some all around. There's, there's, over a thousand students in almost every state in America. So we can find somebody. How can you tell if they're in a self-academy student? Just by looking at them? Well, <laughs> if they have already been socialized, <laughs> then you can tell by their eyes how radiant they are, by their mannerisms. That's they don't <laughs> get miffed just because everything goes wrong and they get treated wrong. It's just like water off a duck's back. They don't even get wet. You know, you pour water on a duck. Yeah, I had a duck. They had this thing when I was really, really young, and I was listening to the radio, and they said, and the fifth caller that calls in will get a free duck. And I won. <laughs> I got won. a duck. So we went down to KLVL radio station, and we picked up this white duck. It was and it was, it was just little. It was already yellow still. We took it home. We raised it. It was fun. It lived at our house. We didn't really have... A duck pen or anything. So, you know, he lived in a box. But anyway, he got bigger and bigger and bigger. And he got mean. Oh. And he would run behind people and peck at their ankles. The mailman hated that duck. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was able to perform some scientific research with that duck. And I remember I was about eight years old, but I found out that if you take a cup of water and you pour it on his little head, The water runs down and off his back in the ground, and then you fill it, and he's not even wet. That is amazing. He's not even wet. The water just runs off his back without getting wet. When I grew up and I started working with John K. Hansen, the founder, the guy that made Winnebago Industries, what it is, and we became very, very dear friends, he told me that when things happen that upset you, You need to let those things be like water and just let it run off your back like water off a duck's back. And, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. If we can learn to not get upset but to just let water run off our back. You know, the other day I was driving down the freeway, coming into work, and something terrible happened. This other car, and I'm not going to tell you what color it was, but this other (laughs) car pulled right in front of me, just right in front of me. Signal, but they pulled right in front of me so close that I actually had to turn off my cruise control and back off a little bit, you know, to not follow too close. And then I had to turn, I had to go through the whole process of turning the cruise control back on. And you can see why that would make me upset. You know, that's enough to get people upset in this day and age. But then I thought, water off a duck's back. And I said, you know what? I'll bet they had some really good reason to want to come and be in my lane. Probably I made it look so fun in this lane; (laughs) they just wanted to be part of it. And then they signaled and they were getting off. They were trying to get to the exit, and I was so glad I didn't get upset. Before I had social, I would have. I was just realizing. Speechless. (laughs) Speechless. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to say this. I am. So <laughs> sometimes, you know, you have water off the back, and then at the very end, <sharp inhale> you got to shake it off. You ever seen ducks do that? Yeah, when do they're that? done, they just flip it off their tail, yeah. right? Yeah, you don't just sit and, there. You got And they it. try to flip it on the person that cut them off. <laughs> 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 anyway. Okay, moving forward, that's so it, eclipse watch social. parties. But I want to I say a little bit more about the eclipse. Okay. When you watch it, there's something you really, really, really need to be careful about did you know that if you look directly at the sun it can damage your eye it can do temporary and even permanent eye damage you can have loss of sight the ultraviolet rays of the sun come down and and the front of our eyes are lenses and these lenses are used to focus the light so that we can see And so they concentrate it, and that UV light, if you look directly at the sun, can actually burn your retina and and cause serious, serious damage. Your eyes are so precious that I need you to promise that you'll really be careful and take care of them. So now when the ring of fire is completely covered by the moon, and it's just the corona, then it's safe to look at the moon and you can even see stars because it's so dark. But whenever any of the bright light is still there from the the eclipse, let me me show you just a a video clip of what that looks like. This is right as the moon is covering up the last part of the sun. You see that big bright yellow go away? Now, when it's like this, you can look at it without glasses. But boy, when any of that bright yellow is showing, you need to have protection. And you need to get some special eclipse watching, sun viewing glasses that will block those UV rays and protect your eyes. Will you be very, very, very careful doing that? And I think the biggest danger is if you look at the sun either through a telescope or binoculars, or even the kind of camera that you see through the lenses, because in all of those, the lens collects even more light, and so when it gets to your eye, it's even more concentrated, and that can cause permanent blindness. So please be very, very wise and careful that you use the glasses, and that you don't look at the bright sun, and you especially don't look at the bright sun through a telescope or a, or a camera, unless you have the special uh, screen in front of them to protect them, it's really, really, really quite important that you understand that. You know, um, one of the really marvelous, magical things in this world is our ability to see. Hmm. Sight is a very sacred, special gift. For and and most of us have that gift and. And we need to be very grateful and appreciate it. Do you know how your eyes work? They're, they're amazing, absolutely amazing. And you have the lens that gathers the light, then you have the iris, which is a little thing that gets bigger and smaller, so that you can turn the light down if it's really bright and still see good, and you can open it up and let all the light in if you're in a dark place. So you can see when it's quite dark and quite light. But then the light focuses back in on the part of your eye that actually does the same. It's called the retina. And the retina does not have computer chips in there. It does not have camera modules made somewhere. It is living cells made by your body. Think about it for a minute. A living cell growing in your body has the ability to detect light. It it is spooky amazing. (laughs) It is. is spooky amazing. And, And it even gets better. There are two kinds of cells that are able to detect light. Light's coming in, it's being focused on them, and you want to not just see, oh, There's a light, oh, it's dark. No, you wanna see detail, right? You wanna see what your science fair project really looks like. So you need a lot of these cells, and each cell is getting a little speck of light in its position. These cells have the magical power of taking the light and creating a protein which then causes the cell to generate a pulse of electricity which it sends down a wire called a nerve, a wire made of a living cell, nerve cells, to the brain, which then processes it. Now, it even gets better. You know, um, there are two kinds of these cells in your eye, and you've heard of this before probably, they're rods and cones. A cone is shaped like a cone, like a snow cone. A rod is like just a tube, okay? You have about six million rods in each of your eyes. Six million. And these are kind of around the outside. And the rods are hypersensitive to light. They can see light that's 1,000 as bright as the cones can see. And there are night vision. That's how you see at night. It's also peripheral vision, how you kind of see out the sides of your eyes. It's amazing. When, when you're hiking out on a trail, maybe camping out or something at night, and you're hiking without a light, if you look right where you're going, you can't see. But if you look up, and just kind of look at the trail out of your peripheral vision. Kind of you're focused up here, but you're seeing that you can see much better because now you're using your rods. And you can see much, much better with rod vision. But the cones, you have hundred and twenty million oh. cones. I had no idea. And the cones are magical. The rods see light or no light, so you could say they're black and white. But the cones are color sensitive. So one little cone sitting right here, and if he sees light, he sends a message to the brain and says, that light was red, and another one can only see blue. So you've got these three colors, red, green, and blue, that go back to the brain, and the brain Schmushes those three colors together, and so it can detect all of the colors by how much of each of those three it has. Do you realize how amazing this that's is? Amazing. And the brain unscrambles <laughs> it, it all. Is, and we get this wonderful image. That's, that's, that's it's pretty amazing. I, I need to show you a picture. Now this picture is manu- man-colored, but it's an actual photograph taken with an electron microscope Showing these cones. I, I don't know if you realize how amazing this is that you have a 120 million of these cones and rods. Six million rods. Let's look at them. Can you see that? The green ones are the rods. And look at those cute little cones. 120 million of the cones. And a th- about uh, almost half of the cones see red, and the fewest amount of cones see blue, and it's, it's amazing that we can see. Please protect your rods and cones during the eclipse. <laughs> we will think about okay? that. Okay, <laughs> Your vision is precious. You are precious. Life is precious. You know, uh, we're so happy in Kansas City that the Chiefs uh, were able to walk through another Super Bowl victory, which yeah. was just wonderful. But today, as they were having the Kansas City celebration, something happened, and they had a shooting, and a lot of people were, sh- were hurt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's just a tragedy. Obviously, those people did not take social. And, and I say that quite seriously. They didn't let the emotion run off a yeah. duck's back. They, somehow, someone got crazy. And uh, it, it was pretty sad. And we need to come together in and, and mourning and, and learn how to live happily together. One of my great uh, desires, visions, and missions for Acellus is to help create a community of, of this great nation of people that respect each other's opinions and learn to get along. It is okay to disagree. In fact, I go further. I think it's better if we disagree on some things because that means we're all thinking. We're doing our own original thinking. And that's a lot of what we try to do in Cellus Academy and, and in science is get you to do your own original thinking but we have to realize that it's okay if that person has an opinion different than ours. It's something to respect, and uh, you know that's that's when you say something like, "Well, I would I would agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong." <laughs> but that respect is so important. It is, it is so and important. I, I will tell you another little secret. Um, Dr. Peja Monet, as you know, has created these wonderful social-emotional courses. And she's also created some super high-power courses. Some of these are what I call prescription lessons. They're lessons that are made for students that are going through some kind of a really difficult crisis in their life. These families that were involved in the shootings today are going through a major crisis. And she has a special lesson for people that are going through something like that, helping us see that we can cope and being able to get through it. But there's all kinds of terrible things that happen. Like, you know, maybe you lost your puppy. Maybe your puppy died. Maybe you lost a dear member of your family that you love. Maybe um, you broke up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Whatever your crisis is, these are to help Dill. And uh, we haven't felt that these should be put into a cellist because they're of a nature that you need them when you need them and it's, it's not something it just fits in a course. So, <clears throat> we're very soon to announce a brand new website, we, she, we. <laughs> called page.com. And on this new website, all of these special lessons are gonna be available to you whether you have a cellist or not. If you have a friend that doesn't have, there's no cost, uh, but they, they are game changers. They really get me going when I watch them. And uh, she also has made a couple other special lessons. In a cellist, we have such a large community and we have yeah. to respect the needs of all the different backgrounds and families, and nationalities, and religions, faiths, so we stay very broad and general. But uh, in these special lessons, she's created things from her heart that aren't appropriate to put right in our self-courses, but they're for people that have a belief in a divine creator. And for anyone that would, you know, if, if you're one of us that believes that these amazing eyes didn't happen, they were created, well, then you're going to really enjoy these lessons. And they'll be there for you. So we'll be telling you more about that. Yeah. It'll be pageJ.com. It's not live yet. Nope. But <laughs> Don't <go> we're, <laughs> we're hoping to make it live in the next two weeks. And it's going to be quite a thing, yeah. I think. Okay. So thank you, uh, Page. Okay, I've got to say one more okay. thing about the eclipse. Um, did you know that an eclipse made Einstein famous? This is a story you all need to know, don't you? Because mm-hmm. we're, we're science people. Einstein came up with a thing called the theory of relativity. And in his theory, he talks about how... Um, when you have an object like the sun that has a very large mass, that it warps the shape of the universe, space-time. And based on that prediction, it would mean that light going near the sun would alter its path based on how the shape of space changes. And he came out with this theory, and it was very controversial, and a lot of people really wondered about it, And so he made a calculation considering the mass of the sun, and he said if there are stars around the sun, you would be able to see them during a full eclipse. And so during that full eclipse, you could see if the stars close to the sun compared to the other stars shifted their position, which would mean that space-time, the fabric of, of the universe, was being warped like his theory predicted. So he calculated exactly how much they should move, and a bunch of scientists set out to get pictures right during the full eclipse of the stars around the sun to be able to see if they move the amount Einstein predicted, which would kind of prove that his theory of relativity was the real deal. Mm-hmm. So. And they got ready and started going out to look at these eclipses right after he came out with his theory and his calculations and some of the eclipses the next couple of years had storms and then there was going to be a big eclipse over in Russia so a bunch of scientists went to Russia and right then Russia got into the World War one and so they some of the scientists actually got arrested and it was. It was crazy, but they weren't able to actually do the experiment. And this went on and on until 1915. In 1915, talking with other scientists, Einstein realized that when he did his calculation, he made a math error. So he predicted they would only move a little bit when really his theory said they should move a lot. So he recalculated it and published that before anyone did the experiment. Now, if they had been able to see the eclipse during those few years, like in 1911, or it, they would have seen his numbers not being right. But Fortunately, he fixed his math before they were able to see the eclipse. And then in 1919 in Brazil, and also in South Africa, there was a big eclipse, and they were able to, they actually carried telescopes right there at the Ocellus Academy watch parties those years. <laughs> and they saw those that years. the stars moved hmm. in the manner that he predicted they would. And he immediately wow. became recognized for his theory all over the world. Isn't that interesting? It is. It's yeah, sweet. I think it's really quite interesting. So, really safety amazing. for your eyes. Yep. I want to show you the ro- rods and cones one more time. Just think about it. You that. have uh, those little color seeing things. You have 120 million. Why do you have so many? Because that's right where you're looking. And it has to be crystal sharp for you to be able to see your Acellus lessons and read and things like that. So you need a lot. The cones, you've got to be able to see when there's not much light. They're a 1,000 times more sensitive. If you ever go out walking on a trail at night, we we learned this in the Boy Scouts, get your eyes up, look ahead, and with your peripheral vision, you'd be amazed how much you can see. It's neat things. Another thing is the the rods recover very quickly. Every time they get a photon of light and they send a message to me, hey, I saw one, (laughs) send it back to the brain. Then they have to recover and reset and get ready to see the next one. They're very fast at doing that, whereas the cones are color sensitive and they take a little longer to reset. So it's, it's kind of neat. But just think, a cell that can not only detect if there's light and generate electricity for the brain and it didn't get made in a factory, it just, it's just got made as you were born. And then some of those cones only see one color, and that gives the ability with those three colors to mix them together, like you take three colored LEDs and it looks white and you make any shade you want. Well, you can see any shade you want. It's, it's thrilling, amazing. shocking amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Is amazing. Okay, good. So uh, I, I wanted to take just a minute, we're kind of running out of time, but I, I do have a report, yes, R51 is back in Area 51. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. I didn't know. And so I want that. to thank everybody for voting that. And uh, <clears throat> just oh. to make sure that what I'm saying to is actually accurate, I'd like to have a quick call to him, and uh, make sure he's there. He's okay. In there? Yeah, just a minute. Okay. Hi, is this R51? How you doing? Well, I'm working on my science fair project. <laughs> I'm going to win this year. Uh huh. Well, sure you are. Well, I'm inventing a car that runs without any gasoline, without any electricity, without any hydrogen. Wow. It's better than the hydrogen car. Of course. It runs off a secret. A secret? It's domino energy. What? You know dominoes, see? Look at these here, these are dominoes. Now my hypothesis is that if you tip one domino over, it will knock over the next one, the next one, the next one, and it will keep going until you have millions and millions of dominoes and the energy of them all falling over is enough to power cars, (laughs) isn't that great? So I'm I'm doing my first experiment to see how many dominoes can you knock over by pushing just one domino? And this is a scientific test, <laughs> so I'm going to have to hang up while I do it. Wow. Okay? Okay. You just tune in Science Live, and you can see how it turns out. Thank okay. you. Oh, goodness. he's such a stinker. <laughs> okay. Little no stinker. So these dominoes are going to power cars. And I'm going to push this one, and we're going to Count. How many dominoes will work over? My hypothesis is, we could knock over all of these. We could knock over millions just by pushing one. Here we go. Watch. One, two, three, four. Hmm. So, the maximum number of dominoes you can push over is only that wouldn't power a very big car gosh does anybody know why we only got four I needed more than four if you know why please type in and tell me why we got only four okay thanks I'll be waiting to see your messages bye well sees Seems he didn't learn much on his travels, did he? <laughs> so, so he does anybody have any idea why only Forna got knocked over? Uh, kind of looked obvious to me. I, I have, I have a thought. What's your thought? thought? Of, well, there's a big space. A big space. You yeah. know, he didn't have them close enough together. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe we ought to tell him that the students are. Hi, um, you had them spaced too far apart. That's why they didn't all fall over. Yeah, just move a little closer together. Yeah, that's what the kids are saying. Okay, thanks. I want to thank those of you that <laughs> sent me a message to tell me why we only got four dominoes and I wanted to get millions of dominoes to have enough power to power a great big car. And you said there was too much space between some of the dominoes, and that's why it only pushed over four. So this time, I'm going to set them up more careful, and I'm going to make sure that they're all just a little bit closer together. You know what I mean? So that this time, I'm going for... All of the dominoes. Science this will is be happening like right before yeah. our eyes. Super World's Fair of dominoes, right here. Yeah, on To Kansas Kansas make City it Mountains. great, I'm even going to do some more. Let's get, well, here we go. Let's okay. get Boy, he's number really getting into six it. <laughs> and number seven. Okay. If we can get them all, won't that be great? We could get all of these dominoes, we could get a hundred of them. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Okay. Here's the test. Look how close they are together. And I'm going to push this one over carefully. Nope. <laughs> we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but none of those win. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, I guess that's all you can do. Seven dominoes is the most you can get. How will that ever power a car? <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> I figured out why we could only get seven. Seven is the upper limit. That's all you can ever get. I tried this a hundred times and I always only got seven. But you know what I figured out? I figured out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven is a prime number. <laughs> That's why you can only get seven, because it's a prime number. I figure these things out because I have an AI superpower brain. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven is a prime number. That's why you can't buy seven on Amazon. Amazon Prime, don't you get it? <laughs> okay, we have now been given wisdom. <clears throat> wow, wisdom from the And AI. we now know how to work through the challenges of a science fair project, don't we? That's right. You yeah. call in for answers. Okay, we'll study hard. Uh, the knowledge you gain is going to be with you your whole lives. and will make your life's missions very exciting. We'll see you next time. We'll <music>